Welcome to Generous Impact. My name is Amanda Brummett, and my co-host today is Leanne Loop. You may remember her from episode four. She's my friend, my co-worker, and someone that is always improving the community. She was kind enough to introduce us to our guest today. It's Corey Ladd of Camp John Mark. He is a board member and the communications chair, and he's a former chairman of the board. In this episode, you'll hear how Camp John Mark serves children, teens, and families with year-round programming and specialized camp facilities for children and teens with chronic medical and physical challenges. Well, Corey, thank you so much for being here with Leanne and I today. I'd love to start out with you just telling us about yourself. Who are you personally and who are you professionally? Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, so I actually grew up in Dallas. I am um, I'm I'm almost a Texas native. I moved here when I was like three. So, I've moved uh, I've moved away a couple of times. I went away to the East Coast to go to college, and then came back to go to the University of Texas for business school. Um, and uh, and one other time I moved away was moving to Krakow, Poland. That's actually one of my one of my most exciting adventures. I took my uh, family with me when they were kids were around eight or ten years old, and uh, we had a had a job over there, and we spent two years in Krakow, Poland. So, it's one of those things that's a <clears throat> that was definitely a a defining part of our lives, and uh, just helped broaden how I look at things and how I, I know my kids and wife look at things too. Um, so, um, yeah, so that was another time I moved away, and that was. Part of my career, which has mostly been <clears throat> mostly been about uh, technology companies le- um, leading uh, both product uh, management functions as well as product development in the software technology space. So, had a really varied career and uh, gotten to do a lot of uh, fun things in that space. Um, like I said, I'm from a family perspective, which is one of the, if not the most important thing to me is uh my family is uh, have a wife and two kids and one of my kids is in the dc area and one of them is actually studying in london continuing the uh continuing the uh the model of of doing things abroad as uh, as as you've seen i've enjoyed as well so that is amazing. That must have been incredible to live in Poland. I'm going to want to hear about that another time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole nother podcast. That could be a one hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I feel fortunate that our family visited you there. So that was an amazing experience for us too. So thanks for living there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was great. it was great having you there, Leanne. <laughs> uh, Corey, could you share with us how Camp John Mark was started and how you got involved there? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Camp John Mark, I mean, if you think about if you think about camping in like the 70s and 80s, um, I mean, for me, I actually went to camp as a kid and I loved it. Um, but it was I mean, it was really for able bodied uh, individuals. And, you know, they had they were start, you we were starting to see camps that were um, for children that had uh, either disabilities or chronic illnesses or things like that. But it was but it was very difficult. There, the facilities were not made for it, and the programs were not made for it. And so, <clears throat> there was actually a group of people, uh, really across like camping and the medical profession, and just some business people uh, in the area that recognized that need, and they they just decided like this is something we need to solve for because 
there are children out there that could benefit so greatly and so profoundly from an outdoor camping experience. Um, and so people got together, you know, there were task force and task forces and, and, uh, uh, people from different community organizations and they pulled it together, pulled the money together. And then, um, like the key piece that was missing was a piece of property and land, uh, to put it on as well. And, um, there was a, a boy named John Mark and he was, uh, nine years old and had cancer. And, uh, he, uh, ended up passing away at the age of nine and, uh, his parents, uh, had, ha- had and still have and are still very involved in Camp John Mark. Um, they have a ranch out um, really just uh, south of Cleburne. And uh, they decided to donate uh, their land to, uh, to this cause. And so that's, that's how it came about. The, the property was then, uh, then built. Uh, there's like 14 cabins that each hold around 10 kids. There's no bunk beds. It's all single beds because you have kids in wheelchairs and things like that. Um, but it's built with like a very whimsical uh, facility. All the doors have engraved trees on them. And uh, the medical building has clouds and kites and other things paint cow- and cows and horses painted on the walls. Um, so so anyway, so that's, I mean, that's how I got started. And the facility was built in 1991 was the first camp. Um, I myself got involved, pro- it was about four or five years later. Uh, I had actually had a, um, I just had an interest in camp and, and had always had this kind of dream to run a camp. Um, and uh, I you know, was talking to a, a really good buddy of mine one day who's a very kind soul and he said, you've got to talk to, to Vance, who was the head of camp at the time at Camp John Mark. And um, I ended up talking to uh, talking to him and getting getting involved. Um, the friend of mine, with the, his involvement was interesting because he had kidney disease as a child and had lost one kidney, still had the other kidney so could live a, a normal life. Um, and but he had been involved and he had gotten involved with the the camp that serves kids with kidney disease uh, at Camp John Mark. And so um, I decided to go out there and spend a week. And uh, that was, you know, whatever it was more than 25 years ago. And I've been going ever since. So I've had the opportunity. I've mostly gone every summer to that uh, camp for kids with kidney disease. But I've also gone to a heart camp, an asthma camp. Um, to a camp for kids with spina bifida this past uh, summer, um, and even a, a weekend camp. I just I just got to do a weekend camp uh, last weekend, so it's very fresh on my mind for kids with HIV and AIDS. And it's actually it's actually a family camp, so we do weekend camps throughout the summer, um, which I can tell you more about. But that that's just an example. That's how I got involved. That's an example like that camp. When it was started back in the 90s, the the camp for kids with HIV and AIDS, they that was the first of its kind. You know, you can imagine back in the 90s, it was still um, a disease that wasn't really well understood. And Camp John Mark won the, um, you know, a very distinguished award from the American Camping Association for that, for starting that camp um, uh, um, at the time. So that's a little bit of background on uh, camp and myself involved in camp. That is incredible. 
just blows my mind that you guys have figured out how to offer a traditional camp for kids with such serious illnesses and disabilities. Can you walk us through a little bit about what camp looks like for, say, a kid with chronic kidney disease or a, a child living with HIV? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, there are the the way that the, the way that um, camp works is it's actually um, there's actually summer camps all summer. And then there are weekend camps throughout the throughout the off season, if you want to call it that. So there's, um, you know, a total of uh, probably about 35 to or more camps throughout the year. So um, and each one of those camps um, has uh, essentially a group of people that comes to support it. So there's the camp staff that's out there and that's Camp John Mark staff. It's the counselors and things like that, the director of camp. And then there's this huge group of volunteers that comes with camp. So you think about like, um, so the camp for kids with kidney disease. Um, what's really interesting about that one is they do dialysis out at camp uh, during that summer, during that week. So during that week, that is the biggest pediatric dialysis unit, possibly in the country, but like definitely in the Southwest in this region uh, for that week. There are usually 10 to 12 dialysis machines and kids running on dialysis all week. So that that's just an example of um, of how what happens with to make that happen is you've got doctors, you've got nurses, you've got um, technicians that know how to run the dialysis machine. All of those people come together. And then it's like this group of volunteers, like what I've done, which is people that go and volunteer to be in the cabin with the kids. And we take the kids out to each of their activities and uh, um, help them, you know, just navigate camp and make sure they're, they get to their meal, get to their meals, to their activities, get to where they need to take meds or dialysis. And, and so that's the, that's, uh, that's what it looks like for the most part. Um, and you know, I can tell you more about like all the different activities and things like that, if that would, um, uh, if that would help. Yeah, me. I'd love to know that. And also how, who, who do you partner with? Who, who comes in and does the dialysis? How do you find doctors? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is actually, um, that is one of the most unique things about camp. Um, and it's actually, it's actually something that is now modeled throughout the country. And there's other camps that come to Camp John Mark for consulting on how to do this in other regions of the, of the country. Um, and the way it works is the, it's generally about a partnership between the hospitals and Camp John Mark. And then oftentimes uh, an organization, like I'll stick with kidney disease, it's the National Kidney Foundation. And so each of them, the Kidney Foundation gets the volunteers, the camp, uh, John Mark gets the staff to run programs like, you know, like ropes courses and canoeing and things like that, that you actually have to have people that know what they're doing in order to, you can't just have a volunteer come in and do it safely. And then the third part is the hospitals. So you have like children's uh, health and Cook Children's in Fort Worth and Scottish Rite. Those are three of the the big ones, but there's also other ones. Um, And each of them, they work, I mean, a lot of times they send almost their entire staff for the week that covers that disease because they're really trying to get as many of their kids as possible that can attend. And you can see if we're doing dialysis, I mean, it's, 
it's often the most, if you want to call it chronically ill children and um, kids that there's no way they could go to any other camp. No way could any a kid on dialysis go to um, uh, another camp in Texas. So, um, so yeah, so that partnership is that three-way partnership is really unique and is what makes, makes it work from a staffing and, and uh medical perspective um and it like when i think about when i went to camp there was like a camp nurse right and so you know there's a little thing where they you know could give you uh you know a uh, an allergy pill or something now this is these kids literally take handfuls of pills at every meal and so the nurses make sure they do that and um uh you know and it's it's a very uh you know, with safety, safety is always at the forefront of, of everybody's mind uh, when, when we're dealing with the medical situations. Yeah. Well, Corey, having spent the last 23 years in healthcare, my mind is blown. And I'm <laughs> so impressed that you figured out how to get all those people at the table and work together. What an incredible blessing to those kids. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It is really an amazing partnership for sure. How do you find the campers? How, how do campers find out um, yeah, about you guys? Yeah, it's mostly the it's mostly through the hospitals. So the hospitals, um, uh, they actually you know qualify the people. So like I was talking to one of the doctors recently who manages the heart, um, uh, the heart camp. It's called Camp Moss, and they actually they have to look at you know which kids have had transplants, which kids are due for a transplant which you know which kids are actually um not in a condition to be able to go to camp and which kids can so um it's that's it, a you know want to call it like a qualifying process from the hospitals and they these kids literally they are talking about camp from you know september through may with their, <laughs> with their hospital um you know, nurses and doctors like that's it's a huge topic at at the hospitals every day they're they're visiting so it's a self-marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It's amazing. Yeah. And some of the camps, you know, some of them will have in the summer, um, now that we're post-COVID again, it were, we, you know, some of the camps will have 140 kids. So every one of those 10 beds and 14 cabins will will be filled up. Well, camp sounds like a very well-oiled yeah. machine with all the partners involved and, and it sounds really fun for the campers yeah. too. And it sounds like they have a blast that ripples beyond their camp time. Yeah. Uh, so how would, do you think Camp John Mark is making the biggest impact? Um, I mean, it's there. When I think about it, it's, it's, it's kind of all about the, the outcomes, if you want to think of it that way. And you know, Amanda, you're in the medical profession. It's like medical outcomes, right? Um, so uh, there's a, <clears throat> this was really early in my, in, in my career, if you want to call it that at, uh, at Camp John Mark there was a kid who came to camp and it was at the kidney camp and he um he was one of the kids that had to have a catheter to um to urinate and so in order to go to the bathroom he always had to have a bag and he had to have a um uh the um, equipment to do it and then he he had to have a nurse or in the case of at home he had to have his mom do it or his dad do it um when he came to camp um and I don't know if this was the first year or second year, he was a multi-year camper and I, he was in my cabin a couple of years at least. And when he came to camp, he actually learned to do that himself. 
And so if you think about the the outcome there is like, it's great for him because he's he becomes more independent. It's great for his mom who actually had a fear of him doing it and doing it without getting infected and with, you know, being safe and all of that. And so it frees her up or it frees his dad up to, to not have to worry about that. Um, and then from a doctor's perspective, it allows the doctor to go, okay, he's handling it himself. I know it can get done. Um, and so there's a lot of those kinds of examples. The kids are, the kids are much more consistently taking their meds during that week. So they're feeling better and they're seeing better. And, um, you know, so the, um, the doctors and the hospitals <clears throat> actually view it as like part of their therapeutic uh, solution for the kids. It's not just come in, get your treatment, take your pills, have a surgery. It's like do all those things if necessary. And camp is a part of the solution and part of a good outcome. And so that's that's how that partnership comes into play and why it works so well. That's incredible being able to mm -hmm. actually tie positive outcomes to that. I do wonder if adults got to go to camp for medication compliance and things like that. Would we do yeah. better too? <laughs> yeah. Well, I definitely really would leading up to camp. <laughs> yeah. It was really neat being this was the first weekend I've ever gone out to camp this past weekend on um, the kids with AIDS and HIV. And it was a family camp, like I said. And so it was really unique getting to see the kit getting to see the families and talking to the families about what they experience and um things like that um and you, you just you just get a, a um a real appreciation for what they go through and and how important how important camp is to them you know the the other i was thinking about this to the other outcome that i think is really interesting is like when I went to the heart camp, and this happens at multiple camps, but these kids have had so many surgeries. So they have a lot of, they have scars from both their surgeries, but also from shunts that have been in or things like that. And uh, particularly, with, so I'm in a boy's cabin, you know, boys are running around like <laughs> crazy kids with their shirts off and, you know, pillow fights or whatever's happening. But then they'll stop and look at each other and go, wow, you know, you've had, you know, you have a lot of scars. You have a lot of, you must've had a lot of surgeries. Tell me, and they start talking about their surgeries and like, yeah, I've had 25 surgeries. Oh, I've only had 12, you know? And so, I mean, yeah, you I can see your mouth open. Oh, yes. And it's like, <laughs> yes, it is crazy. And I'm not kidding with those kinds of numbers. These kids, you know, have had multiple, multiple sur surgeries and sometimes dozens of surgeries. Um, so that, you know, again, really good outcome that they are ex able to experience it and 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 discuss it with their counterparts and and be able to realize like oh, i'm not the only one who's in this situation and again like at a traditional camp they that wouldn't happen or couldn't happen yeah totally yeah. normalizes having 25 surgeries and scars to prove it right yeah so corey i have a question a little bit more specific to you right. um You've got an undergrad degree in economics and psychology, which is an amazing and unique combination, plus <laughs> an MBA. How has that informed your approach to nonprofit work? Yeah. Yeah. I um, I mean, with the the reason I did a economics and psychology degree degree was it was kind of a combination of things that I I kind of knew I needed or wanted to do, which is more the economics and business side of things. And then uh, the the psychology piece was just something I really found interesting as I as I got into college and started experiencing some of that. So 
Yeah, I think it, it's, uh, well, like if I think about how it affected me most recently was I, um, I was the chair of Camp John Mark during COVID. So I had a two-year stint as the chair. And so you can imagine that during that time, there were there were big financial considerations going on. There was, you know, we there were revenue streams stopped coming in. Uh, 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 donations were harder to get. Um, and then there was the really human decision of what do you do about camp? How do you do it safely? It, you know, do you um, do you uh, you know send kids out to camp and take that risk? And we're talking about chronically ill kids with that are immunocompromised and things like that, and a disease that didn't have a didn't initially have any sort of vaccine. So um, you know that it having both a psychology degree and understanding people's personalities and being able to. Um, I've always been uh, sort of a diplomat in how I operate things. I'm a middle child, so I, I'm always trying to keep people. Uh, um, Me too. Me too, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's a, a it's a wonderful thing and a curse at different times. So, um, so yeah, so it was uh, so being able to help make those difficult decisions and being able to bring consensus because it was difficult. We were you know involving medical professionals and our accountants and the executive director and the, the hospitals. And so it was a, an extremely difficult decision, but, you know, we um, ended up shutting down camp for two years. I mean, it was, you know, and kids just did not um, get to go to camp and it was that that hurt them. Now, the beauty of Camp John Mark kind of on the other side of that is the, the staff really stepped up and created a, um, a virtual program. And it was it was amazing. We actually uh, I don't remember the exact number, but I think it was like we normally handle two to three thousand kids during the summer and off season. We we doubled it during that time because we had like five thousand people that could come in during virtual camping sessions. So we had, you know, the kids and their families. And so we actually got to help even more kids that that summer. Um, but, uh, and again, that's another one that Camp John Mark won an award for from the Camping Association for starting that program. Camp, um, uh, camp is not just a place. So that was the, that's what they called it. Incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you were the perfect leader at that, that moment, even though it was very difficult and you guided the camp through huge challenges. Mm, yeah, so thanks. kudos to you and your team. Yeah. Yeah. So Camp John Mark has welcomed thousands of campers since 1991, and I'm certain that the hope is it'll continue hosting campers for many years to come. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the organization doing now to ensure that? Yeah, yeah. And knowing that, you know, hopefully never, there'll be another pandemic, but it's <laughs> yeah. coming around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things we did, and this was uh, probably about five years ago, we... Um, uh, engaged a third party, like an engineering firm. And we did a, and like a 30 year plan of what we need to do from a, an investment and a, a focus on the, on the camp. And there were, you know, thing focus on a few things like safety, um, the, the grounds and high quality. So really focusing on just making sure that the experience of camp, which, um, is amazing now that it stays that way. I mean, um, I didn't I didn't talk about this earlier, but when you think about some of the activities uh, like a ropes course, um, there's a couple of things that's really interesting about that. One is 
you've got to get kids all the way from, let's say, the middle of camp in the dining hall out to the ropes course, which is across uh, a dirt road and across a field. And then you've got the second part is you've got to get um, a kid in a wheelchair up the ropes course. And so the um, this camp was built completely accessible. So if you think about how unique that is to have a, a ranch in, in the hill country <laughs> in Texas mm-hmm. that is completely accessible, every you know, there's there's no lips going into the showers or the bathrooms. There's no lips going into the rooms or the cabins. Um, there are brick pathways uh, that lead everywhere. And even where there's not brick pathways, there's good uh, um, flat grass that they can go across. Um, but everywhere is accessible. And um, so, like, that's the kind of thing that makes camp such a high quality facility. And when we looked at um, what we were doing for that 30 year plan, it was making sure that like everything about that, that the facility stays, stays that way and gets even better. Um, And so um, some of the investment is in, is in just, you know, wood rot and new roofs and new air conditioning. And some of it's in, you know, I talked about the safety factor. Some of it's in, we've put a lot of, um, uh, like covers over an amphitheater and over the horse arena and over um, uh, the over at the pool. And this is one of those things that is so like you don't you don't realize it until you are in this situation. But a kid in a wheelchair goes to the pool and gets out of his chair and puts his wheelchair over there in the sun. And then he's he or she is in a wheelchair they can that because the pool is completely accessible they can they can walk on in or or get down on their hands and knees and crawl on in and it's it's a padded surface so they don't scratch their knees when they come out that that um wheelchair is hot and they don't have feeling in their legs and so they can actually get burned really badly and so putting a cover over the over the pool area is a great example of us trying to make sure that we are you know, always upping the game on what we're doing from a safety and, and health standpoint for those kids. And, um, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that it's, and it's also done in a very beautiful, you know, aesthetic look as well. And it's just really well done on everything that, that with that focus on safety being the underpinning. I can't even imagine how the parents of these campers feel. I mean, it must be so comforting know mm-hmm. that you guys are taking such good care of their kids that I'm yeah, sure but, that they're reluctant maybe in some situations to let them go. So Yeah. Oh, for sure. I've, I've talked to a lot of parents either dropping their kids off or picking them up or talking to them after the fact. And, you know, they are, they are, they are as scared, if not more scared than their kids are coming to camp for the first time. And, um, you know, but when, when their kids come home and don't, don't stop talking about it for the next year until they can go back, they, they definitely understand how, how valuable it is. And, and, and you know what, they get a break. Those families get a, get a week long break too, or a weekend break. And um, that's, that's really important to them because it's, they, they are, they're on 24 seven, most of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just also very inspiring in so many ways. Yeah. Lots of things about camp are inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But who or what organizations inspire you? Yeah, it, it's interesting like to think about that because 
what's what I what I view as um, the real inspiration for me is um, is what I was just talking about. Um, and there's two two things I'll mention, but the first part is really consistent with what we've just been talking about, like those families. And I think about um, the families, some of the families I've met at the weekend camp, for example, they they are a lot of them are adoptive families and they're adopting um, special needs children. And the commitment they make, and they'll and they've adopted more than one special needs children, and so they're like choosing to to um, to uh, to do this and to be uh, a support for a, a child that need extra needs extra help. So when you think about that, like how can I not want to help <laughs> people? <laughs> so that that really inspires me. The more like the bigger picture inspiration that I think about is. Uh, and this is because I'm a I'm a tree hugger myself. I'm you know I I, I really want to focus on a, on a clean and healthy environment. Is like I look at somebody like Greta Thunberg, and who's a climate activist, and I just think like how somebody that was you know a child when they first started this, and you know but believed in what she was doing and and got a voice and made her voice heard and you know i'm i'm really hopeful that 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 voice can be amplified and that's the kind of thing like as i look to other things i want to do um that's an area that that i'm real interested in as well and um and just seeing somebody like that inspires me uh for sure i completely agree yeah me too (laughs) yeah well, Corey, it's always, always good to talk to you. So thanks for joining us today. Um, what If somebody wants to get more involved or learn more about Camp John Mark and our com- in our community, what can where can we go to do that? Oh, all right. I can. I mean, there's definitely uh, definitely places to help with Camp John Mark. Uh, I mean, certainly you can go to the website, uh, campjohnmark.org and and uh, and donate. Um, one of the biggest things, uh, the second thing is just volunteering. You know, I talked about volunteering for a week myself and volunteering for a weekend. There's Those are great ways to get involved. The weekends are not nearly as big a commitment as going for a whole week during the summer. So it's a good way to engage and you're, you're well-trained and uh, it's easy to do. Um, so I, that's there's always a need. And frankly, there's always a need more for males than there are for females. Um, and so if yeah, I would encourage folks listening to this on that. The third thing is um, I, I, I'd like to tell a little story about something. It's like one of my favorite stories from camp, if I can, that is um, when I was uh, at the camp for kids with kidney disease, this was probably 15 or 15 to 20 years ago. There was a there was a girl at camp and she was waiting. She was she was doing okay, but she was waiting. She was on the transplant list. And um camp is actually set up. There's a big, there's a baseball or kickball field, and that's used as a helipad if there's an emergency or so. I've seen helicopters come in in my time there two or three times, uh, to to but generally to take somebody out who was sick or injured or something like that. So that uh, at that camp, uh, a call came in, and um, there they she had gotten a match on her kidney, and so while she was at camp, and um, yeah, so they uh, they sent a a care flight to camp to pick her up and take her back to get a new kidney, which she did, 
And, um, you know, you just think like that was, that's camp is always going to be special to her, but that's even more. I remember her, somebody running back to get her teddy bear from the cabin when she, <laughs> when she went, cause the helicopter is pretty, it's massive and it was scary, <laughs> but, um, you know, I just sat and watched that. And I was just such in awe of seeing something so positive come out of a, you know, a care flight and, um, uh, so I think that's my that's my shameless plug for organ donations too. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, again at camp. There's hearts and there's kidneys and others that get transplants. So it's a uh, you know like those are the ways that I think people people can help. So, but that's that's got to be one of my favorite stories. And I just I remember it like it was yesterday. Terrific. Yeah, that and I don't consider chills. that. I don't consider that a shameless plug at all. Organization. <laughs> <laughs> Not one bit. Well, Leanne, thank you so much for introducing us to Corey and um, to use your words, making our corner, the corner of the world a little bit better because now we know Corey. And yeah. Camp He's, John amazing. Mark. He's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and Corey, thank you for taking the time today to share with us about the organization and the 25 years that you've volunteered there. That, if nothing else, should be incredibly inspiring to our listeners. We just really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. It was an honor to to be a part of this and um, really just appreciate y'all uh, um, letting us talk about something that we're, we believe is so such a great place and that I'm really passionate about. So thank you. Oh my goodness. Did you all get chills from that story? I certainly did. I am blown away by the camping experience that Camp John Mark has created for these kids, especially considering the number of stakeholders that are needed to make it happen. Absolutely incredible. Well, if you'd like to learn more about this wonderful organization, find them at campjohnmark.org. 